sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Together, living out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. series on kingdom expansion last one in the series also you can get all online youtube podcast show for east london just search and so today i want to so we've, we've covered different aspects like first message was about love that love moves us to impact the lives of people we spoke about faith the power of faith to cause the kingdom of god to expand we spoke about pioneering that how the elements of becoming a pioneer to see the kingdom of God come. And a number of other aspects also, we tackled the whole, the whole thing about kingdom expansion. And today, we're going to focus on by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Kingdom expansion is by the Holy Spirit. Come on, say by the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter 2... We see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, fire, tongues of fire on every head. 120 in the upper room, the church is birthed, the kingdom of God comes, 3,000 people turn to Jesus. The apostle Peter gets up and he preaches, he quotes an Old Testament passage and he, and, and he declares that in the last days the Lord will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And he says, my sons and my daughters... They will prophesy. They will hear the voice of God. And they will see visions and they will see dreams. So it speaks about the, these, these God encounters that will come because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And so I stepped into the ministry about 22 years ago, um, 20, 21, 22 years ago. And about 14, 15, 16 years ago, I was like, I had a, like a defining moment. Because I was, I was struggling in the ministry. It was like things would work. It would be beautiful. And then other times things would just blow up in my face. I'm like, oh, that was just disastrous. And I couldn't figure out why ministry is so hard. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah. And so the one night, my wife Sonica had a dream. And I've shared the story every two years or so. I share the story because it's a, def- defining, a defining word for our lives. And so she had a dream. In this dream, she saw a boxing ring. And in the boxing ring, there was this big boxer, but like evil, representing the devil, representing evil, this intimidating boxer. And no one wanted to get into the boxing ring because they were all terrified. And then in the dream, she sees me diving into the boxing ring. So I'm like, let's do this. So I'm like climbing in. I am punching this guy. I am like giving it my everything. And then at some point, he clops me. One punch and I'm out of the boxing ring and I'm into the crowd and I'm like, ah, I'm out for the count. And so that was the Friday night and Sonica shares with me on the Saturday she shares this dream, and I'm like, that's how I feel. I feel like I'm putting everything into this. I am doing it. And then the enemy just clubs me. Things just blow up in my face. So that was Saturday. On Sunday morning, we, d- we had a, an encounter, one, a life encounter, which we having in a week and a half's time. And so we were praying for people to be baptized in the Holy Spirit that Sunday morning. 
And there was another lady there, a mature believer, and she had a vision. Like it's a mental picture, but of the Holy Spirit. And so she shared with me that while I was praying for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, she saw me and Sonica standing under a waterfall of the Spirit. Outside was someone bound by chains. And as we were just standing in the presence of God, focused on the Lord, just worshiping, our arms were raised and we were just worshiping Jesus. The chains broke and that person joined us in the presence of God. I was like, yo, that's, that's, that's massive. And so it's like the Holy Spirit unpacked this for me, the two, the, the dream and the vision. And so the, the boxing ring represents the boxing ring of the flesh. The devil is the king of the flesh. If you fight him in the flesh, in your own human ability, he's going to clop you. You're going to get hurt. You're going to lose because he is king of the flesh. And then there's another way, a better way. It is by the Holy Spirit. Because when you're standing in the presence of God and you are just enjoying God, you are worshiping him, you are dwelling in his presence and living by the power of the Holy Spirit, then suddenly God moves. God fights for you. The kingdom of God comes. The kingdom of God comes mightily and it's like it was so easy. You you hardly did anything because it was God doing it. Okay, so the one side is Boxing ring of the flesh. Other side is living in and from the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is massive. And that's why I think I share this every few years because it's like a defining word for our lives. And so Sonic and I, we have moved from the flesh to the spirit. And it's just like, it's just working. You don't know how, but the... God, the Holy Spirit, is moving and changing lives. And the kingdom of God is coming. It is massive. But large parts of the body of Christ are living in the flesh. Building in the flesh. Building by human ability. Instead of by the power of the Holy Spirit. And many of us are struggling as well. You know how you should be doing it, but then you find yourself in the flesh. You find yourself struggling. You find yourself provoked. By the enemies. You see, because the enemy comes and he tries to get us into the flesh. How does he do it? Gets you offended. Somebody says something that offends you. <gasps> you got your boxing gloves on and you want to fight. In the flesh, enemy clubs you. There's a hundred different ways that you and I can find ourselves in the flesh. Temptation. Enemy tempts us. Gets us into the flesh. You give in to temptation. You're in the flesh. You're on your own. You're fighting in your own ability. You're struggling. And so there's different ways the enemy gets us into the flesh. I want to help us today to live in and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? You want to live under the waterfall of the Spirit. So here's a scripture. Zechariah 4 verse 6. This is the most well-known scripture About the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. And it says, so he answered, this is now an angel appearing to Zechariah. To the prophet. And so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord 
to Zerubbabel. Now Zerubbabel was the governor. And it says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now the context there is, the Israelites turned away from God. They had a covenant with God, but they started to worship other gods. They had all these idols and things, other gods they were worshiping. And then destruction came. Judgment fell. Enemy armies came, destroyed Israel, destroyed the temple. And many were killed and many were taken into captivity to Babylon. And like 70 years later, they were sent back again. Many returned And as they returned, they found the temple, the place where God was supposed to dwell. The the temple was destroyed. And so they came back with a commission, build. Build the temple. Build the environment so that where God can dwell. And so they started and then they stopped. And for 12 years, they did nothing. 12 years. Yes, they built their own houses, they did their own things, but they didn't have the the ability to build the temple. And then this prophetic word comes in the context of building the temple. It says, so he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. It's not just any word. This is the word of God to them. Saying you're not going to build this by might, not by human strength, not by power, not by armies. I mean, this is a physical building project. And God is saying this physical building project will not be done by human effort. It will be done by the Holy Spirit. Will be done by the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord of heaven's armies, this incredible God who has these angel armies that he, that, 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 that he releases to, to, into this earth and he speaks and he says even this, this, this building of the temple. Now the temple represents the church of Jesus Christ today. And so many are building in human effort, human ability, human striving, trying hard instead of by the Holy Spirit. So how does this play out for, for, for us? For many of us, it's like, you know, um, uh, people, many, many people strive in the flesh. They strive in their own ability. It's like, hey, if I pray enough, then God is pleased with me. If my life is spotless, no sin, no compromise, no, then, then God is pleased with me. And so many people are in that mode of I need to earn my way into the presence of God. Do you know what that's called? It's called dead religion. Dead religion is about working your way into the presence of God. If I do all these things, then God is pleased with me. But that's not biblical. Living in the spirit is I live and I only live by what Jesus has done for me. Dead religion is I need to work my way into heaven. I need to work my way to Jesus, into pleasing God. But the way of the Spirit is, no, I live by the finished work of Jesus. Live by what he has done. He paid the price in his own blood. We sang a song about the blood this morning. Better word. 
forgiveness and cleansing and, and renewal. Jesus paid the, paid the price. We boast in Christ alone. Not in our works. Dead religion is always about working for your righteousness, for your right standing with God. New Testament Christianity is all about having no confidence in self. No confidence in what I have done. Any good that I've done has been the grace of God. Any bad that I have done, God, I thank you that you're going to forgive me and cleanse me and renew me. But I only boast in Jesus. I come by the blood of the Lamb. Come on, say it. I come by the blood of the Lamb. If you don't get this, you're always going to strive in the flesh. You're going to fall into dead religion. I read my Bible. I feel good enough now. No. You feel good enough because you've trusted in Jesus. And then he empowers you to pray. He empowers you to pursue him. So the flesh, the boxing ring of the flesh, is trying to fight for the victory. You like jump into the ring. I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I'm going to fight. That's flesh. New Testament Christianity, we've won. We've won. It's like Friday night, box versus all blacks. Go Booker. I think it brought like 20, 30 years of healing to my soul, all the pain. Yeah. Remember as a, as a teenager getting up at like four in the morning. And then losing miserably. Thank you, Lord, for healing. All of South Africa. Come on, boys. That's beautiful. New Testament Christianity is you check the score. You see 35-7. Yes. Now you watch the game. I watched it again on Saturday. That is New Testament Christianity. That is living by the power of the Holy Spirit. You live from victory. You live, you fight from victory. Not for victory. We're at the end of the book. We win, guys. We win. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue will together worship Jesus in heaven. He is the desire of the nations. And we've won. Fight from victory, not for victory. There's a divine confidence that the Lord wants to give you and me. It's like you're standing under the waterfall of the Spirit and you have a supernatural boldness and confidence knowing who you are in Christ. I'm a son. All of heaven is for me. It's not my performance. It's not my works. It's not me trying to please God. He is pleased because I've trusted in Jesus. Amen. But flesh, boxing ring of the flesh. I don't know if this is going to work out. And the devil looks big. And we forget Jesus already defeated the enemy at the cross. Defeated. Jesus defeated every power, every principality. He's He's overcome death. He's overcome hell. He's overcome every sin. Jesus has done it all. Living in the spirit is that divine confidence. He's done it all. Jesus has done all. We boast in Christ alone. Flesh is always, I don't think I'm good enough. 
I don't think if God's pleased, I think I've, I'm, I just don't qualify. I don't think I'm good enough. I'm like, I don't know. We're going to make this. I don't know. I, no faith, just insecurity and striving and heavy burdens and chains. It sucks. Okay. It's dead, dead religion. You don't want to live there. Large parts of the church of Jesus Christ lives there and they're wondering why it's not working. You want to move. You want to move to the place where you live in the victory of Christ. You fight from victory, not for victory. It is incredible. Amen. Amen. Come on. We boast in Christ alone. Live by his victory, not, not by your own good works. So Smith Wigglesworth said, powerful quote. He said, the Holy Spirit is coming. To take out of the world a church that is a perfect bride. He must find in us perfect yieldedness with every desire subjected to him. So the Holy Spirit is coming for a perfect bride. So how are we going to be a perfect bride? Because we're going to try harder. No. We're going to work in our own ability to make us pure and holy. No. The key is surrender. The key is a yieldedness. Wherever you find yourself right now, just take one step closer to Jesus. Whatever he's pointing out to you, whatever he's putting his finger on, say, give me that. Let go of that. Walk in the light about that. You're struggling in that area. Bring it into that. Whatever he's saying to you, just take that next step closer to Jesus. That's it. It's not about 200 steps. It's not about doing all these things or knowing all these things. It's just yielding an aspect of your life, another aspect, and then another aspect, and then another aspect. And as you yield, he fills you. As you yield, he gives you, you come and rest in the presence of God where he fills you and rivers of life flows through you. That's where you want to be. But in the boxing ring of the flesh, Accusation, you're not good enough. Condemnation, oh, God is angry with me. No, he's not angry with you. He loves you. He loves you enough to say, hey, let's let's deal with those things. He's not going to leave you as you are. He wants you to be that perfect, spotless, clean bride. I know for us guys, it's a little bit weird, that bride thing. But uh, he wants to make you new. Amen. So... The anointing is the key. So I was praying with a, with a good friend of mine, Heinrich Titus, a leader of, Shof, of the Shofar family of churches. We were praying, and as we were praying, I saw in my mind's eye a vision of a, a lampstand, like a golden lampstand in the pulpit. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that the Lord is restoring his anointing or the lampstand to the pulpit of the Shofar Churches. So what I felt the Lord is saying is, because I saw visions of like a lot of oil, vats of oil. Now oil represents the Holy Spirit. Represents the anointing. And the anointing is the key to see lives transformed. That is standing in the presence of God. You're just loving on Jesus. You're just enjoying him. And the kingdom comes. Lives are changed. It is so easy. Because we've already won in Christ. So Acts, I mean, Isaiah 10 verse 27 speaks about the anointing. And it says, 
It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder. And his yoke from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. So it speaks about this burden. Speaks about this yoke. If you think about a yoke of oxen, two oxen with a yoke, this heavy wooden yoke over their necks, over their backs. And then they are pulling like a a big load of either people or, or goods. But it's a heavy yoke. And it's a burden. So a yoke could be anything in our lives that's a heavy burden. It could be patterns of sin, addiction. It could be struggling in your mind, mental issues. It could be any obsessive, compulsive, negative thing in your life. It could be fear, torments. It could be, it could be whatever. And what this verse is saying that the yoke will be destroyed by the anointing. What? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this is critical. Because we tend to lean on the arm of the flesh. We like to go to the boxing ring. Now it's like, I've got a problem. So what's the solution? Well, medication. Sometimes yes. Sometimes we need medication. And then you need to go that way. That's fine. Counseling. Yeah, counseling is also needed. We need good input. We need the word of God. We need truth in our lives. Great. But sometimes... It's not the medication that's going to solve the root problem. Sometimes it is not the counseling that's going to solve the problem. Many times it is the power of the Holy Spirit that's going to break the yoke. And we see this. We see this. We've seen people. I've seen people so messed up. I'm like, I'm listening to the stories. I'm like, God Almighty. They're going to be locked away for life. And counseling for years. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to help. And then they are this one in this one moment. You pray with them. And you pray in the name of Jesus. And you experience the presence and the power of God. And then in one moment. In one session. Suddenly the yoke is broken. And suddenly they set free. And I realized 10 years of counseling couldn't have done. What this one session of prayer. The power of Jesus did in their lives. Right there. That is the anointing. And so for many of us and many in the Western church, we've leaning more and more on the arm of the flesh. We're less and less trusting in the living power of Jesus Christ. And so I'm not saying we don't use pulls at times. I'm not saying we don't do counseling. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, come on, let's add the power of the Holy Spirit to everything that we do. Amen. To see his kingdom come, to see life set free. To see those yokes broken by the anointing. But what's it, what, what is it going to take? A yielded people. A surrendered people. A people that live, lives from the victory of Jesus. That's why when I come into praying for people, whether it's for healing or freedom or whatever else is, I come from the place, Jesus, you have overcome this already. By your stripes, they are healed. Jesus, you paid in your own blood For this condition. You've done it all. Now, Lord, we enforce this victory. We release the victory of Jesus into the situation. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the anointing does. It takes the victory of the cross and it releases it 
into the situation. And suddenly people are set free. I mean, we see this with a guy, you know, the story of the, the demonized man of the Gadarenes. He had like 2,000 demons. Because it was, when Jesus set him free, there were 2,000 demons, when like the 2,000 pigs. And all the pigs stormed into the waters. But that guy was, was cuckoos. He ran around naked amongst the tombs. They even chained him and they would break the chains. Naked, running around, screaming like a hyena. I don't know. He was like crazy. And then Jesus steps onto the scene. That guy runs with all his demons. He runs and falls before Jesus. And the demons start screaming, don't torment us. I'm like, where's the fight? There is no fight. When Jesus shows up, the fight is its over. He's won already. Amen. He cast out the demonic influences upon the man's life. And then it says just after that, and, and then the, the, city, the people from the town came and they saw him clothed and in his right mind. Amen. And they were afraid. <laughs> it's like, what is this? God is in the house. That's the anointing. That's what we need. We need more of what Jesus has bought for us at the cross. How will we get more? And when each and every one of us yields a little bit more of ourselves unto God. Yieldedness. Fill us, God, with your goodness. Fill us with your anointing. But he was in his right mind. So I want to release this over everyone. Whether you're struggling in your mind, whether you struggle, whatever you're struggling with, Jesus is the answer. He really is. He really is. And so let's pursue that anointing that breaks the yoke. So what, where where is the anointing found? Well, the anointing has a location. It is found in human vessels. The anointing is found Within and upon the fivefold ministers and then it's released into the church so that every one of us can be anointed. I mean, we saw this last weekend. We saw Gabriel and Pastor Jay bring an evangelistic fire. It's like the second session Saturday morning was one of the most significant moments we've had in the last 10 years. Like top five most significant moments we've had in the last 10 years in this church. Saturday morning, second session. For those of us who were here, we were on our knees before the Lord. And people just started to weep before God. Weeping. About what? About the harvest. About the lost. It's like God was imparting his heart into us. And he doesn't just give us his heart. He gives us the anointing to see it come to pass. I knew Saturday morning something shifted. I knew we're going to see the result of that moment in the months and years to come. We're going to pull it back to that moment. Something changed. Anointing. Amen. Anointing. There are these moments where God releases his grace, his heavenly empowerment upon us. And then you see it in the natural as it progresses. But we need to live in the spirit. We need to live by the power of the spirit. We need to live yielded. We need to live under the waterfall of the Holy Spirit. We need to surrender. But if we're living in the flesh, it's painful. That's where the enemy hurts you. That's where everything's a mission. Everything's a struggle. The Lord wants us to transition. 
into the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So there is a cost to the anointing. It's a yieldedness. It's a surrender. It is giving it all to Jesus. So we see in John in Revelation chapter 1 verse 12. We see John the apostle. He was, he was um, exiled to Patmos. Oh, he was an old man. And he had this encounter with God. Incredible encounter. He heard a voice. He was, and it says, and he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And then he heard a voice say behind him, I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end is like Jesus appears and he introduces himself. As the one who was and is and is to come. The creator of heaven and earth. The, the source of all authentic power and authority in the universe. Jesus, the one who was dead and yet he is risen from the dead. He revealed himself to John. And then John turns around. And he says in verse 12, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man. He saw Jesus, the, the glorified, resurrected Jesus, not the man that covered his glory. He saw him in all of his glory. The one who was in the midst of the lampstands. The lampstands, the anointing. The power of the Holy Spirit. It says clothed with a garment down to the feet. Girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool. He, he, was, he was glowing. He was shining. As white as snow. And his eyes like a flame of fire. Come on, say fire. Fire. I love that. I love that. I was like, I want to, is there something in you wants you want to run away and something in you want to run to? It's like, I want to look, I want to look into these, those eyes of fire. I want to look into, you know, the fear of God is not running away from God. It is running to Him so that He can cleanse us, wash us, burn us, restore us. And I'm like, part of me, I want to look into those eyes and I want those eyes of fire. To burn through me, to wash me clean, to purify and to empower for his glory. That is the Holy Spirit in you, drawing you to the glorious one. You know you don't qualify. You know you're not holy enough. You know you're not good enough, but you run to him. Because you know he's going to impart. He's going to qualify. He's going to make you righteous. He's going to wash you clean. His eyes like a flame of fire. And his feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Can you hear his voice? Voice. This impactful voice. The voice that sound like many waters. And you just hear this. I have a sense of the soothing but authoritative voice that just shifts you, changes you, rocks you to your core. When he speaks, you change. When you hear his voice, he realigns you, he redefines you. He changes your life. 
when he speaks, is glorious. And he had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. I mean, he was, he was radiating the glory of God. Beautiful. Beautiful. The sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Good response. <laughs> the king of the universe. The king of glory, when he shows up in his glory, you will have one response. You will fall down as if dead. Because you've encountered glory. No one can stand in his presence. No one can stand when he reveals his glory. So I will be concerned if in the church of Jesus Christ, if we pray for people and no one falls under the power of the living God. I'm like, where is your God? Where is your God? The Lord wants to reveal himself. But he says there, he walks in the midst of the seven lampstands. Jesus is present where there are lampstands. Jesus is present where his Holy Spirit is honored. Jesus is present where the anointing of God is manifested. And then we see this in the later chapter, Revelation 2, verse 4 to 5. We see this, this word to the Ephesian church. And it says there, Jesus speaking, nevertheless, I have this against you, you, that you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent, do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Scary verse. He's saying, you've fallen. You've lost. The original thing. What was the first love? Jesus, number one in everything. You see, this is the challenge of Christianity. It's like you fall in love with Jesus. That's where you start. You encounter him. You're like, oh my God, you forgave me all my nonsense. And you washed me clean. I'm so thankful. My life is yours. And somewhere down the line, we lose that original passion, that original fire, that it's all about him. Now, when you get originally, when you get truly born again, I remember me, I, I would just be in worship. I would just be weeping. Crying before God is so thankful. I was so lost. I was so, it was, I was such a mess. And now I found Christ. And then somewhere down the line, you get offended with somebody. And you stand in the worship and you're like, mm. <laughs> distracted with nonsense. Lost the fire. Lost the passion. Lost. Jesus saying, no turn. You see, the church loses. The Lord removes the lampstand if it's no longer about him. Number one, our everything. Standing under the waterfall of the Spirit. Jesus, you are my everything and I will give my life for you. That's where God wants to to have us. That's where we should be staying. And that is the key for the anointing. A yieldedness. Jesus, I love you. My life is yours. And I'll do whatever you want. You are my king. That's where God wants us to live. If we lose that, the lamb stands removed. And then the church dies. The church dies. And that's what we're seeing in, in parts of the body of Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is losing their way. Because we're losing that number one, that passion, that fire. But I love it how when the, when the voice of God speaks, it changes you. 
You know, this last weekend was really, really significant. I felt like there was a shift. You know, like 14 years ago, you know, we moved to East London and we were at Lavender Blue. And I remember the one Sunday, there were 12 people. 12. And I was like, what am I doing? (laughs) Moving from Cape Town, people. From Cape Town to East London. And I don't know if this is going to work. I was, I was wobbling on the inside. I was struggling. I'm like, Oh, my flesh. I was so, I was intimidated. I was in the flesh. I was freaking out because I don't know if this is going to work. And then I heard the voice of God say to me, it's going to grow. I heard the Holy Spirit say, buy chairs. So I bought chairs and I bought sound equipment. Next Sunday, people pitch up and there's a whole lot of chairs, too many chairs for the people. And the sound, everything. And then some people were like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Andre? This church isn't going to grow. I said, no. <laughs> I heard the voice of God. I heard the voice of Jesus saying it's going to grow. Lives are going to be impacted. Lives are going to be changed. Daddy's stepping into the spirit. You know, last week, Sunday, we had over 500 adults in church. Amen. Over a, a hundred kids in kids church. And we had about 40 people commit their lives or recommit their lives to Jesus. Come on, let's give Jesus praise for that. I want to honor the Lord because I have been in the flesh at times. I have been freaking out at times. I have been intimidated. I have been insecure. I have been struggling. I have been going through my stuff. And then I would hear the voice of God saying, trust me and follow me. And then I step under the waterfall of the spirit and Jesus, you're my everything. Jesus, you're my everything. I'm just going to follow you. And then he builds his church and then he changes lives and then he heals bodies And then he breaks chains and yokes off people's hearts and lives. And then he does something glorious again. Live by the Spirit. And the kingdom will come. I truly believe that we are just getting started for what God is wanting to do in and through this church. I really believe that. I really believe God wants to impact nations. I really believe God wants to impact this city and bring revival But it's not just going to be me (laughs) surrendering to Jesus. The only way we're going to see that is if there's a church surrendered to Christ. A people who love Jesus. A people who follow him. A people who listen to his voice. A people that say, Jesus, you are my everything. I love you with everything within me and I will do whatever you want. Jesus, I'm coming. If we get there, nothing will stop us. But if we're in the flesh, the enemy is going to clap us. If we lean on the arm of the flesh, if we try to work for our place in God, when we, it should be a, a gift that flows from the throne of God. When we're in the spirit, the kingdom of God will come. Amen. God is doing a beautiful work. So I want to declare this over us. Jesus Christ is the head of this church. He walks amongst the lampstand. 
He is the king of this church. And as long as we're following him, no devil in hell or man or government or anyone else can stop what God is doing. Amen. Amen. Come on, guys, give Jesus praise. Lord, we honor you. We honor you. And another aspect to this, I, I saw this quote by, by Ben Shapiro. He's a, he's a Jew, but it's a beautiful quote. He said, the idea that everyone is welcome in church is pretty obvious. Amen. Everyone's welcome. I know some people don't feel like they're welcome in church world, but they really are. The idea that a church should change its moral standards in order to make everyone feel welcome is not and is paganistic. And so we see this right now in the, in the church worldwide. There's pressure on the church to reduce the standards so that everybody will feel comfortable. You know the result of that? It's the end of the church. The lampstand will be removed. And God will have to raise up new churches. We see this now in the Church of England, the Anglican Church in England. They're dying. All the stats, like empty buildings all over England. Because why? They have compromised. They've like, well, the Holy Spirit really isn't working already. And we want to get the people in. So let's reduce the standards so everybody will feel welcome. Guess what? They don't come. Because there's no life. There's just compromise. It makes us as everybody's welcome, but we cannot reduce the moral standards. You see, as I say with my dad, when I was in primary school, my dad committed adultery for years. And it was destructive, led to divorce and chaos. I was a mess. My sister was a mess. Our family was a mess. It was a disaster. And then as things progressed, I got myself involved in some really ungodly stuff. And I remember as a first year student, you know, I went to, to study, to party. Woohoo! And so I found myself dating a girl, beautiful girl. And then I would go to the pubs and drink too much. And then I would kiss other girls. And I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Andre? You're mess. You're doing what your dad did. And it's destructive. Absolutely destructive. What's wrong with you? And then I found Jesus. And then I heard that there is a moral standard. There's a standard of purity. God does not want you to submit to spirit of lust. And fornication, adultery, and all those kind of things. But the standard was like, there's purity available to you. There's forgiveness and cleansing available to you. My solution was not, well, let's drop the standards. Just do whatever you want to do. That was not the answer. That would have been the end. But there was a moral standard and there was a solution. You see, Christianity is impossible. You cannot do it. The standard is too high. It is impossible by human effort to live a pure, holy, surrendered life. You can't. Only by the Holy Spirit. Only by the power of the Holy Spirit, God breaks those chains of our lives. He purifies us, gives us a new heart. Suddenly you want to do what is right. You're like, I hate sin because it's just stuffing up my life and breaking my relationships and, 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 and wounding me and those around me. So suddenly you get a new heart. 
The chains are broken. I remember this moment as a young man, maybe 19, 20 years old. I remember this moment where people prayed with me and I just felt, ah, it's broken. That yoke is broken. That thing that my dad had that jumped on me to, to, to perpetuate the cycle of destruction, it was broken. Amen? And it's wonderful. 22 years, 23 years later of marriage, I am faithful to my wife. Amen? By the grace of God. Not by flesh, not by striving, not by thinking you can do it. You can't. It's impossible. It's only by the Holy Spirit. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Holy Spirit. Yield. Let's not drop the standards. I'm saying let's up the standards. Let's lift the standards and say, okay, God, we can't do that. But I know you can in me and through me. So let's do it. Purify, cleanse, unlock faith. Jesus, come. Do this in us. I want to encourage you today. Flesh is, you're not good enough. God is angry with you. He's condemning you. And he's like, you will never be good enough. That's flesh. Spirit is, Lord, I'm a stuff up. Hallelujah. And here I am. (laughs) Look at my life. Without you, I'm a disaster. And without you in the future, I will be a disaster. Jesus, I yield. Set me free. Cleanse me. Restore my hope. Restore my faith. Give me that grace to know who I am in you. Help me to live in your victory. From that victory. And as you yield, he sets you free. As you yield, he comes and he heals relationships. As you yield, he makes every aspect of your life beautiful. I want to just encourage you. Don't. Allow flesh. Don't think I first need to sort out my life before I can come to Jesus. No, 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 no. Just come. (laughs) Run to him. And he's going to restore you. He's going to make you new. I want to end off with this, uh, just this quote right at the end of the slides. It says, all the forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. All the forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. Unless you live in that boxing ring of the flesh. Enemy's going to clap you silly. But I tell you, when you love Jesus, when he becomes your everything, when he becomes your first love, when you live from that place of thankfulness for all that he has done and you realize how good he is and you realize what he has done at the cross and you live in that Unstoppable. The kingdom will come. No devil, no man, no government, no one can stop what God has purposed. So I want to invite all of us to step, step into the spirit. Yield an extra aspect of your life. I would say yield everything to Jesus, but whatever that next step is, just yield, just surrender. And he makes everything beautiful in its time. I know it. I know it. If I didn't fully surrender to Jesus, I would have committed adultery and I would have been unfaithful to my wife. I know it. That same thing was on me. But Jesus set me free.
Thank you for listening. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.